السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فيا عباد الله يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم منها خلقناكم وفيها نعيدكم ومنها نخرجكم دارة أخرى وقال تعالى أينما تكونوا يدرككم الموت ولو كنتم في بروج مشيدة صدق الله العلي العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تحفة المؤمن الموت وكما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم First of all May Allah سبحانه وتعالى forgive the disease Grant him Jannat al-Firdaus, make the questioning of the Qabr easy for him, and may he cross the bridge without any difficulties. Along with that, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant sabr to the family of the deceased, especially my uncle, my cousin, and especially the kids. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for them. Everything that happens in this life, in this dunya, on a daily basis, it's a lesson for us. One teacher, he said, every day you should learn a new sabak. You know, when you're doing hibs, you're memorizing Quran, the ustad gives you a sabak for tomorrow. He gives you the lesson for tomorrow. So you have it in your mind that tomorrow I must learn something. Every day I have to learn something. And if I didn't learn something, my day was a waste. So every day is a lesson for us. This is also a lesson for us. What do we take back home from this? So inshallah, while we reflect on this, I'm going to give four advices. Four nasihah, four advices, four points that we can use this as a lesson for the rest of our life too, inshallah. Because we all have to go back to it. مِنْهَا خَلَقَنَاكُمْ وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ تَارَةً أُخْرَى From it we're created, from that dust we're created. وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ We're going to return to it. No one's sitting here saying I'm never going to return to it. وَمِنْهَا خَلَقَنَاكُمْ تَارَةً أُخْرَى And Allah is saying from it I'll create you again. We all have to go back there. And death, no one can hide from death. أَيْنَمَا تَكُونَ يُدْرِكُمُ الْمَوْتِ وَلَوْ كُنْتُمْ فِي بُرُوجٍ مُشَيَّدًا 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, wherever you are, death will find you. Even if you're in a fortified castle, mansion, the most secure place with doctors surrounding you, death is going to avenge you. But we're not scared of death. Why not? Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Tuhfatul mu'min al-mawt. The greatest gift you can be given in this dunya is when you leave this dunya. The greatest gift you can be given is the day you leave this dunya. This dunya is difficult. It's surrounded with difficulties. When the Prophet was sitting with the Sahaba عجمعين, he said, Jannah is surrounded by the difficulties of this dunya. You have to go through difficulties in order to attain Jannah. And if you're not going through any difficulties, then you're not attaining Jannah. Our goal, we have to go back there. And the happiest is a very long dua, it's a beautiful dua. The end is, O oh Allah, make the happiest day of my life the day I leave this dunya to meet you. O oh Allah, make the happiest day of my life the day I'm leaving this dunya to meet you. How, how happier could I be? I'm meeting Allah. What more do I need? He came into this dunya to meet Allah. You see, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Jannah, this is a hadith of Riyadh al-Salihin. It's the last hadith of Riyadh al-Salihin. And there, the people of Jannah, may Allah make us amongst them, the people of Jannah, they're enjoying this Jannah. Allah is telling you, you have this, you have this, you have this. Oh Allah, what can make us happier? Nothing can make us happier. We have everything. Allah says, no, no, no. I have one more thing that can make you happier. What's that, Ya Allah? You get to see me. You get to see me in whatever manner befits Allah. That will make us the happiest. So death is a gift from Allah. We have to go back. We came into this dunya crying while everyone around us was smiling. Now we need to leave this dunya smiling while everyone around us is crying. So our lesson is to prepare for the same thing. So point number one is reflection. Okay, I have to go to. Am I ready? And I have no guarantee of when my last day is. No guarantee. No one's sitting here saying, I'm going to live for another 10 years, 5 years. We can't even guarantee if we're going to live till tomorrow. We don't even know this. What will we earn tomorrow? We don't know anything. I went to Tampa about four weeks ago. Young brother, similar to the disease. Energetic, healthy, star volleyball player, very pious brother. Quran is extremely strong, mashallah. You know, has a habit of walking to the masjid. Amazing brother. A month and a half ago, he finds out he has stage 4 cancer. He has a few months to live. And if you meet him, he's smiling. If Allah wrote this for me, why would I complain? I'm ready. 
But let us meet to meet him already. How many of us sitting here can say we're ready to meet Allah tomorrow? When we think about our sins, we think about our mistakes, have I done my part? So reflection, my time is coming too, and I don't know when my time is. But everyone has an expiration date, and that date only Allah knows. It could be tomorrow, it could be the minute you walk out this building. Am I ready? Are we ready? If Allah calls me tomorrow, am I ready? Have I done enough in this dunya to say I'm ready? No, we don't say to ourselves, no, I'll get ready tomorrow. I'll get ready when I'm older. You're older now. The time is not tomorrow. The time was not yesterday. The time is now. The reflection is not supposed to tell us to delay a few more days. I have a few more years. I have a few more weeks to think about it. I'm going to prepare my meeting with Allah from tomorrow. No, no, no. Preparation is from the moment we talk right now. From this moment, I need to prepare. And I'm reflecting upon my death. The Prophet said, Akthiru. Abundantly remember death. Abundantly remember death. You know what he called it? Ladhat. Urdu mein kya bote? Laziz. What does laziz mean? Delicious. Tastes good. So death is a delight. It's a delight. It's a gift. Because we get to meet Allah. Remember your death constantly. There's no guarantee of how much we live. Number two. Dua. We have forgotten how to make dua. If you look at the month of Ramadan, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an and Surah Al-Baqarah. What's the verse right after Allah mentions the month of Ramadan? Obviously, the verse tells us Shahru Ramadan, you know, unzila fihi al-Qur'an. So Qur'an is definitely attached to the month of Ramadan. What is the verse that comes right after the verse where Allah mentions the month of Ramadan? وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاءِ إِذَا دَعَانِي فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ When my slave talks to me, Allah says, when my slave calls out to me, when he supplicates to me, I want him to make dua as if فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ As if I'm close to him. As if I'm right there listening. فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ and doesn't he know? Number one, I'm close. I'm right there. I can hear everything. Allah can understand the gibberish we can, the child is saying when we can't. You think he can understand what our hearts are saying? So, when my slave talks to me, even though Allah already knows everything, Allah already knows everything. But He loves it when we tell Him and ask Him. We already know it. A human nature, if we know what our child wants, we know exactly what they want. We can look at their face, we know exactly what you want. If I go to my father, if I have a specific face, he knows I want some money. He knows I want something. But He wants me to ask. That feeling of asking. We want that child to ask, okay, I know, I know you want something, what do you want? I already know. But that feeling of a person asking, or my child asking me for something, even though I already know what they want, but they're asking me, they're giving me that much izzat, that much love. So Allah loves it when we ask, even though He already knows. So He points two things in this verse. 
When my slave talks to me, first of all, he needs to know, Inni qareeb, I'm close. Number two, When you ask me, I'm definitely going to give you. فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُونِ I'm never going to say no to you. My parents might say no to me. But my parents might say no to me. Allah will never say no. Never. There's no no in Allah's book. There's no no. How do we know? Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there was a poet who said, "Ma qala la qatu illa fi tashahudi." Our Habib sallallahu alayhi wasallam never said no, except in tashahud when he said, "Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah," that there is no one worthy of worship. Otherwise, he never said no. Why would Allah say no? So dua, dua for the deceased, dua for us. There's nothing more powerful than making dua. What is one of our sadaqah jariya? In this dunya, we have sadaqah jariya. What is one of them? Waladun salihun. You leave behind a righteous child that does what? You leave behind a righteous child that does what? He begs for istighfar of his parents. His parents are passed away. But that child is waladun salih. He's making dua for the parent. So raise children that will make dua for you when you leave this dunya. Raise children that will make dua for you when you leave this dunya. So we make dua for the deceased. We learn to become a habit of making dua. And if we're not in a habit of dua, then how will we make dua? A lot of us don't even know how to make dua. We don't even have... You know the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told the Shahaba radiyallahu When you make dua, make dua with mustaqin. Make dua with yaqeen. You know, just today. And so many times, brother will tell me, I'm making, making dua for 50 days. My dua is still not accepted. Who told you it's not accepted? Sometimes you love something. You want it so badly. But because you're making dua to Allah, Allah knows it's not good for you. And sometimes you don't want something. You don't want that thing. But Allah gives it to you because you've been making dua and He knows that thing is good for you. You have to make dua. You gotta make a habit of making dua. On a daily basis, make dua. Fajr time, Asr time, make dua. Make dua for your children, make dua for the family, make dua for those who have passed away. Make dua. Make a habit of dua. Dua is something that's going to protect us. Dua is so powerful if you live the life of sin. But you make dua with such yaqeen, such sincerity, Allah's doors will be wide open. But He wants that dua. Make a habit of making dua. Make a habit of making dua. Number three, sabr. You know, throughout the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He doesn't use the word ma'a that much. Ma'a? What does ma'a mean? You see, if I say something, you know, indamali, that I have money, or I have something, it doesn't literally mean that it's in my possession. Or, you know, that person is my friend, or that person is my companion. But he's not in my company right now, but he's a colleague of mine. So these different words in Arabic, the word ma'a, to an extent, means that person or that thing is physically with you. That thing or that person is physically with you. 
What does Allah say? Inna allaha ma'ah As-sabirin Inna allaha ma'as-sabirin When Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in the cave And there were people right there All they had to do was look down And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala is worried He's grieving, he's scared, he doesn't know what to do What did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tell him? La tahzam inna allaha ma'ana Why are you worried? Why are you worried? <laughs> All they had to do was look down. That is the level of tawakkal of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. La tahzan. Don't worry. Inna Allah na indana. No, ma'ana. He's here. Allah is protecting me right now. His presence is there. So in the Quran, where else did Allah use it? Inna Allah ma'as sabirin. Allah says, if you're patient, I'm with you. I got you. I'm there for you. You have nothing to worry about. Because you're patient, I'm there, Allah. So whenever you lose a beloved, a family member, or a person in general, maybe you don't know him personally, but you have lost family members. People you knew have left this world. Maybe some people that were close to you. Those were moments where you had to have patience. You had to have patience at that moment. So use this opportunity to also instill within you the quality of patience. I have to be patient. Allah is saying He's with me. It's okay. I'll be fine. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. Something's not going my way. It's okay. I'm going to have patience. I'm going to have patience. I'm going to have patience. So three things and we'll get to the fourth one now. Number one, reflection. Reflection on what? My own death. I have to leave too. You know, maybe 10 years ago, or 15, let's put a little bit more, uh, actually let's do, let's do 25 years ago. Maybe 25 years ago, my dad could probably beat me in basketball. Now nah, he won't stand a chance with me on the court. Time, it's, time is flying. Just yesterday, it felt like, to, just felt like yesterday. You know, my brother, older brother's playing us one on two. Now, you know, I probably play them one on two. No guarantee of tomorrow. No guarantee. Reflect on your own death. And there's no age. It's not like the Prophet said, okay, all of you will live after 60, and then after 60, I don't know what's going to happen to you. He never said that. In his own life, he lost all of his sons. There's no, there's no guarantee, there's no expiration date. Number one, reflection on death. Reflect on your death. Your death, your time is coming. Your time is coming. Even if you're a youngster, your time is coming. And it could be tomorrow. Number two, make a habit of making dua. This ummah is losing dua because we're becoming hopeless with this dua. No dua, my dua doesn't get accepted. We live a life of sin, then make dua and accept our, expect our duas to get accepted. But don't give up on dua. What did Allah say? Allah didn't say you have to give a million dollars. Allah didn't say you have to give a thousand dollars in Sanaka. Allah said, beg me to forgive you, I'll forgive you. You commit sins day and night. Hazis al Qudsi. That means Allah is saying this. All of you, you commit sins day and night. Who's telling us this? Allah, our Creator. He's telling us we commit sins day and night. No one's free of sin. No one's free of sin. 
Allah is telling you, I know. Allah is saying, I will forgive all of your sins. You just got to do one thing. Ask me to forgive you. Ask me to forgive you, I'll forgive you. Make a habit of making dua. Make a habit of making dua. Dua, 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 dua. It's the most powerful. Silahul mu'min. Addu'a'u huwa al-ibadah. Addu'a'u mukhu al-ibadah. The Prophet sallallahu said, Dua is ibadah. Dua is the essence of ibadah. Dua is the weapon of a believer. You know, with salah, the most important ibadah. After the kalma la ilaha illallah. What's the second pillar? Salah. Inna hammal ibadah as-salah. The most important ibadah is what? Salah. What is salah? What does salah mean? Before we pray the salah, what did it mean? It meant dua. What is our salah? It's a dua. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen is what? It's a dua. It's a dua. Subhana rabbi al-a'la is what? It's a dua. Samiya Allahu liman hamida is what? A dua. Rabbana walaka alhamdu hamdan da'iman ma'adawamik. What is that? It's a dua. We go to sujood. Subhana rabbi al-a'la. What is it? It's a dua. At-tahiyyat. What is it? It's a dua. Salutations upon the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What is it? It's a dua. What is the last dua we make before saying As-salamu alaykum? Allahumma inni zhalamtu nafsi dhumman kathira. Oh Allah, we have oppressed ourselves. A great oppression. We've oppressed ourselves so much. Dua. We say As-salamu alaykum. What is As-salamu alaykum? Dua. As-salamu alaykum. Peace be upon you. Warahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May Allah shower His rahmah upon you. May Allah bless you. Every day we're making dua unconsciously. When we say assalamu alaikum, it's becoming a greeting. But what is assalamu alaikum? When you say assalamu alaikum, you're making dua. But we don't realize we're making dua. Make a habit of making dua. Make a constant habit of making dua. You won't find sukoon in anything like making dua. You can complain to the whole world, you can talk to your best friend, you can talk to anyone. But when you talk to Allah, there's no feeling of satisfaction like that. My Allah is listening to me. Number three, sabr. Sabr is the greatest quality a believer can have. Inna Allah ma'as-sabiri. An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he have? Sabr. 13 years of Makkah, what was that? Sabr. 6 years of Medina, what was that? Sabr. His whole life was an embodiment of teaching you how to have patience. You know, in the year of Amul Huzan, when the Prophet ﷺ lost his wife Khadija radiallahu when he ﷺ lost his uncle Abu Talib, it's known as the year of grief and sorrow. According to some narrations, the Prophet ﷺ never smiled for an entire year. And he felt as if he would never smile. It was a difficult time. Allah was training him patience, training the Sahaba patience. Sayyidina Anas saw the Prophet in Medina, never saw him in Makkah. He says a narration. Sayyidina Anas says, There wasn't a day that I met the Prophet that I didn't see him smiling. There wasn't a day in the life of Nabi where I didn't see him smiling. His smile made your day. When he smiled, all the Sahaba smiled. His smile was effective. So that patience is good for you. Patience can be in everything. It can be in luxury too. When things are going your way, Allah is testing your patience then too. Are you remembering Allah more? Are you, are you more involved in this dunya? Are you enjoying the luxuries more? Are you involved with Allah? Are you forgetting who gave you that? You know, throughout the Quran, 
What does Allah keep saying? Wa Allahi Allahi Whoever places their trust in me, places and trust in me, I will take care of him. I will take care of him. I will take care of him. But they have to place their trust in me. Only one time in the Quran where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said that that somebody relied on this dunya. Who was it? Qarun. Inna Qaruna kana min Musa. Qarun said, "I got all the wealth of this dunya, not because of Allah, but because of my head." Because of the knowledge that I have I'm a smart person and this and that So that's your sabr too Was your sabr You know that's sabr you know, obeying, obeying Allah So sabr has categories You want to commit a sin But you restrain yourself Or you You know are enjoying this dunya Forgetting Allah that's your sabr then too No no this dunya is nothing I have to remember Allah so these three things. Number four. What is this dunya? What does death and demise teach us? When the Prophet وسلم, when he was leaving this world, and I'm going to end with this inshallah, and then we'll have a short talk. When the Prophet وسلم, after Hajjat al-Wida, the farewell, the only Hajj, he delivers his final sermon. What does he tell the Sahaba He tells the Sahaba and those are his final pieces of advices to an extent at a, at a large congregation. What was it? He told the Sahaba that whatever you have done to each other, forgive each other now until a day comes. Your money is not going to benefit you. Nothing is going to benefit you. Only your good deeds will benefit you because your good deeds are going to go to the person that didn't forgive you. This dunya is short. This world is short. These grudges and these fights that we have within our family members, our communities, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Learn to forgive the deceased. Learn to forgive each other. No matter what he did, or what anyone who has passed away did, it means nothing. It's nothing. Allah's doors of forgiveness are wide open. And if we want Allah to forgive us after we disobeyed Him so much, but we can't forgive each other. So when you think about death, it gives you a feeling to learn how to forgive. The Prophet ﷺ is known to be the most forgiving human being. We now understand how forgiving he was. Habbar ibn Aswad killed. Killed. The daughter of an Nabi wasallam. After Fatih Makkah, what did the Prophet do? Forgave him. When we say Habbar ibn Aswad, what do we say? We say Habbar ibn Aswad radiyallahu ta'ala an. Wahshi. Killed who? You know, the most difficult day in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was Uhud. Why? Because he lost his beloved uncle Hamza radiyallahu ta'ala an. He lost his uncle Hamza radiyallahu ta'ala an. It's a very difficult day. And not only that, his entire body was mutilated. His nose was cut, his eyes were cut, his ears were cut, everything was cut off. The Prophet could not even look at the face of Hamza radiallahu ta'ala. And Hind, Hind is the one who ordered the assassination. And Hind took his liver and bit it, tried to eat it. So the Prophet felt a lot of pain. Ibn Jawzi rahimullah, he says, 
that I saw Allah in a dream and I said to Allah that Ya Allah you didn't give Khilafah to Abu you didn't give uh, you know Islam or Iman to Abu Lahab Abu Jahl you know Abu Lahab is the uncle of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam you didn't give Iman to Abu Talib or Abu Lahab Abu Lahab caused so much taklif to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam why did you bless Hind radiyallahu ta'ala anha with Iman why did you bless her with Iman she that was the most taklif it was so much taklif for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when Wahshi radiyallahu ta'ala accepted Islam he said Wahshi when you sit with me sit in a manner that I don't have to see your face because every time I see your face I remember Hamza and it hurts I can't take it but still, when we say Wahshi, what do we say? We say, Wahshi radiyallahu ta'ala. That is how forgiving Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was. So Ibn Jawzir rahimahullah, he says, Ya Allah, why did you bless Hind radiyallahu ta'ala with Iman? You should have blessed it to Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab's the uncle. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded in a dream. He says, Ibn Jawzir, that's a very good question. A very valid question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded. He said, how could I put, how could I put Hind in Jahannam when she has the blood of Hamza radiallahu ta'ala and the taste of the blood of Hamza radiallahu ta'ala in her stomach? And my Habib loved Hamza. How could I put her in Jahannam? Even though she caused the most taklif, but she has the blood of my beloved uncle. This is how forgiving on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says. He says, I forgive everyone. The same reason why we need to forgive everyone. The summary of this poem. He says, I forgive everyone. You owe me money, I forgive you. You hurt me, I forgive you. You cursed at me, I forgive you. You did anything to me, I forgive you. Why? Because on the day of judgment, I don't want Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be upset with me because one of his ummatis didn't go to Jannah because I didn't forgive them. I know it's going to hurt my hubby because he begged for everyone's forgiveness. I don't want to hurt him, so I forgive everyone. So four things. Number one, reflection. Our time is coming to. Number two, make a habit of making dua. That's the most beneficial thing that we can have. Number three, learn to instill patience within you. Think of another person who has passed away in your life or the most difficult time of your life and you had to bear and have patience. Use that to have patience at all times. And number four, learn to be openly ready to forgive everyone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instill this quali- these qualities within us too. Jazakumullah khairan.